It's time once again for the program that we look forward to every week. Will it come Friday? Will it come Saturday? Will it come Sunday? Well, it has no release date, nor does it have music, commercials, jingles, or anything planned because we have no agenda. Coming to you from a very dark Saturday evening in the United Kingdom, I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Devorak coming to you from a very sunny Northern California. Could not be more opposite today. I'm sure. We have really crap weather. Well, what's weird, you know, you had that snow recently, and up in Washington, I have a place in Port Angeles, and it snowed two inches yesterday. Really? And look at the date. It's April 19th. No snow here, but we do have uh, mist. It's been misty all day, like uh, one kilometer visibility. So uh, I actually was going to go flying today. Not happening. No, I wouldn't think so. I can hear hearts break all over the world. <laughs> hey, John, we haven't so, actually talked this week, have we? At all, I don't think. During, no, you've during been busy. Week. I've been very heads down. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been pretty crazy. I've I've had a um, um, it, it's been working with um, uh, with the UK production folks on uh, lots of video assets that we're building, and I've also I've been tinkering all week, as you know, because I actually suggested. Um, when was it? Maybe two, Monday or Tuesday. I suggested that we try out uh, SIP, the SIP, SIP protocol for these uh, calls. Yeah, and uh, it stands for Session Initiation Protocol, I think. It really, I, I didn't even know what it stood for. I thought it would be something yeah, sexier than that. No, it's really boring. And then, uh, shall I just? Uh, do you mind if I um, if I read everybody your response? Uh, well, actually, let me, let me summarize it mainly because the guy who, who does Gizmo is a friend of mine, and I don't want to sound like I'm saying horrible things. Well, you did. What are you, what are you talking about? I have the email right here in front of me. Yeah, d- I didn't like Gizmo. Uh, but I'm not talking necessarily about. G- I, I did recommend Gizmo as an easy way to get to to, to the SIP system, if you will. A lot of people, you know, talk about, you know, I, there's a lot of people in the telecom business that SIP was highly touted. Uh, some years ago, actually, in the late 90s when I was writing for Forbes, um, there, I, when I first kind of really started chatting it for, you know, in detail with, uh, with uh, Jeff Pulver. Um, right. There was a big belief in the industry that all telephone calls would be free and that SIP itself would be the hot ticket that would really make everything work together. And it was the, it was the hottest thing going from telecom. And, and it, as it evolved, it would be uh, the, the be-all, end-all. And a lot of people still use it for stuff. In fact, there's a lot of products out there that are SIP-based because it is a standard, and, and you can make SIP programs. You the problem guess. is it doesn't work. <laughs> well, now, of course, a bunch of people are going to say, oh, it works, it works fine. Yeah, it works under some circumstances, but it doesn't work for what we're doing. Because Leo's tried it when we did Twit some years ago. We started trying some of these other alternatives. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, they work for, a, in fact, I, I when I was in Germany a couple of years ago, I used the SIP uh, to talk to my wife from the hotel. She's in you know, the United States, I'm in Germany, and it was great. And it works great under those circumstances, but it, it when it hiccups, it really has some issues that make it uh, worse than Skype. Okay, well, I haven't, I obviously haven't tried it out long enough. I know I've tinkered with it. I think it was maybe, remember that uh, that software X10 or something it was called, or the X... X Lite, or I can't remember what no, it was called. No, well, I don't know it. Well, they've they've pretty much improved that. They've got all kinds of um, 
software and gizmo is is one software package you can use the tests that i've done were fantastic um uh, you know, no, not, I not have, no it it has a fantastic quality uh when you know when it's running right mm-hmm. and that's you know not what the problem is the problem is when it when it craps out it's a disaster and the thing i didn't like about gizmo which made it even more uh, problematic is gizmo is really a was poorly thought out in its implementation. It goes into the machine. It auto boots. It it chews up all kinds of cycles when you, you can't get it off the machine. It it goes into the registry. It has all these things. I mean, I had it on one machine, and it would every time you reboot the machine, this thing would take over the machine. It was like it was doing a. It was worse than a virus. Yeah, scanner, that's when you know, it, when it that, starts the uh, XMPP or whatever. It takes like you know four or five minutes if you have a big address book, and uh, it does it does kind of freeze up stuff. I agree on starting. Once it's running, it seems to be okay. Well, this not that, but who needs the aggravation? So anyway, the, I just thought it was aggravating. The product was aggravating. Can I just Skype ask how, is, how how long ago is, was this that you tried it with Leo? A couple years ago. Have there been any improvements? I just don't understand. If it's an open protocol and they have all these awesome codecs, what is what is Skype doing that these guys should, wouldn't be able to? I mean, it seems like a, a clearly a great advantage, a, a great. Uh, alternative to Skype, and when it's working, as you said, it works great. It sounds fine. So, it, what is? It's, it seems like there's like a reconnection is different than Skype, where Skype will just degrade severely and kind of hang in yeah. there. I mean, I it, mean, they, we'd have to talk to the Skype guy, but the um, there's something about they're doing something tricky with Skype that keeps it ahead of the curve on every you know compared to whatever these other guys are doing, and. The, the knock against Skype is simple. You know, it's not open. Nobody knows what's going on. It's almost like mysterious. <laughs> it is. It's working. And and it's not standard. You know, you can't, you know, it's, you, with SIP, you can have like a dozen different programs that can all interact with each other, all done, you know, separately. Uh, so there's, you know, so that issue is, is, is profound. But fact of the matter is... It still works better, and it has critical mass and all the rest of it. Now, that said, by the way, there's a new new got, there was a couple of new articles saying that eBay wants to dump Skype. They, hey, they like, like we didn't know that, huh? Didn't we just last week on this very program say that we uh, we saw the polishing up taking place? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, when you basically shot me down on because uh, I wanted to do a test with John on uh, on Thursday, and uh, okay, well, obviously you don't want me to read the email. I understand. Um, but it was kind of like what you just said. <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah, kind of. And, uh, Email so, always sounds more terse. That's the reason I don't, you know, like to read it. It was um, funny. Come on. So, uh, it, it, But anyway, so I had all this creative energy left. And uh, I wound up doing some other tinkering, which uh, is just kind of cool to mention. Um, you know, I have an iPod Touch now. Uh, which I have to say, as a browsing experience, is just fantastic. Uh, it, 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 nothing beats it that I've ever had in my hands for a handheld browser. Great experience. All the other stuff, yeah, okay. Uh, and I just had a standard. I hadn't jailbroken it or anything. And um, I, I'm kind of gearing up and getting ready to do a, a, a screen video cast. So part screencast, part um, show and tell of my entire setup. Because people, actually, you know, John, people have gone out and bought... MacBook Pros waiting for me to tell them how to, how to string it all together. So I'm I'm severely amiss. I'm behind on this. And well, uh, let's let's put it together in some sort of a paper and then publish it on all the websites we run. Yeah. Well, what I what I thought was 
I probably, I'm never going to be any good at putting together like a, you know, a Visio chart or whatever, but I can certainly explain all the connections and show it in the screencast and also hold up because there's external devices as well. So I, can, I can, yeah. Well, I can assure the uh, listening audience who intends on watching this with high hopes that they uh, are going to implement what you did, that they haven't got a prayer if that's the way you're going to do it. <laughs> no, but if I do that part, then I can easily write down every single piece and, and document it. Or someone else can. Maybe that's my hope. Well, you know, my uh, stepson wants to do that for you. Okay, so why don't I make the video and then I'll send it to him. And then if he doesn't get it, then we'll have to go to the next phase. Yeah. Anyway, let, let me just tell you what the, the, the last cool thing I did. So I already have this external uh, MIDI controller, this uh, thing made by, it's a German outfit. Uh, it's called Fader Fox. And it's a, a little MIDI controller. It has uh, six sliders on it. And with that, I can control the software which I'm running, which is Ableton Live. So if I, uh, if I lower my mic here on the, on the slider, then obviously it lowers the volume in the software. Okay, and that's just controlling, uh, controlled through MIDI. But I'd seen somewhere these guys who had, uh, had tricked out some software from uh, some Asian guy, because I looked at his website, and he has, like, kanji stuff on it. <laughs> I presume he's some Asian guy. Um, and he's built something called AKA Remote. And they've built some software that you put onto your Mac that you can t then tie into MIDI. Long story short... Um, I can now fire uh, jingles and songs and also control the faders right from my, um, from my iPod Touch wirelessly through the LAN. It's really, really awesome. Wow. Yeah. So you're going to bring that rig over? Because yeah. you're coming back to the United States again, yeah. right? Yeah. I think uh, Monday or Tuesday I'll be over. Well, then, since you're coming back, I think it's time for a new test. <laughs> oh shit! Wait a minute. Uh, you're, of course, John is referring to uh, uh, the Customs and Border Protection Agency. When I enter the United States, I'm uh, on the uh, uh, secondary search match list, whatever it is. Last time, I uh, joked and laughed and said I should speak. I should speak to a TL, a team leader, uh, right when I uh, got to the first customs guy. So, what would the test? Uh, for this week be for this trip. So okay, so now this last time you I thought you went went one iteration in before you asked for the team leader. No, remember I, no no no. That's that was Okay, the, this time you you right through the, right when you get to that passport guy, that first guy who was sitting in the blue booth where you're lined up with your bag and he grabs your passport. That's the guy you asked for the team leader right there at the beginning? That's what I did last time, yeah. Okay, this time let's not Ask him, but let's ask the next guy down the line. Nah, let's record it this time. Well, I don't think they're going to put up with that. Yeah, well, not if they, <clears throat> if they catch me, they won't. But why would they know? Well, that's an interesting point. I mean, uh, what I was thinking... What kind of gear do you have on you that could do that? Do you have like a little... Uh, <clears throat> Here's what I was thinking. You know that little flip camera, the, the white one? Did I show you that? No. These are really cool. They're, um, the, the, you buy them at, like, uh, at Walmart. You just buy them right off the rack. It's a little digital camera. All it does oh, is record right, right. video. Those things. And it has a yeah, flip-up USB uh, connector. Right, right, right. So I could put that in my breast pocket of my jacket, and I'm thinking if I made a little, if I made a little hole <laughs> so that the lens could kind of peep through, it just might oh, work. God. You're going to get thrown <laughs> in the slammer. <laughs> well, it's either that or I can record the audio. That, that would be that would relatively probably, easy. I think safer. Yeah, because uh, I, I could probably just uh, drop an iRiver into my breast pocket and just hit record, and it will probably 
um, pick up enough that it'll be uh, legible. Yeah, if I'm wearing wearing mics, is not going to be a good idea. No, no, they don't even want you using cell phones when you're in that part of the terminal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, an I River would do it. Uh, you know, I mean, if you, you could use an H four, H two, or something like that, but it's too bulky. No, no, compared I have to the, an I River. Um, I have the IFP, the seven ninety nine. The right, that's the one everyone uses. Yeah. Okay. So, so a seven. So you have a that's got a, and what and it has a built in mic, or are you going to stick a little Sony on there or something? To get no, the, no, little... it's it's got a built in mic. It's pretty good. You can set the dynamics. I'll test it. I'll test it before I go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that'll work. Okay. That's almost, I don't think that's even remotely uh, hard to do. So you just want to go through the exact same process again? Oh, yeah. this is, makes it like a double-blind study. Because <laughs> you're doing the exact same thing twice to see if it's actually valid that the way you do it. Okay, that's okay, fine. So I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask for the team leader again and see if I get Do you have any code words that if you get to make the one phone call that you can say that would indicate that they're going to kill you or something like that? that <laughs> what? what? What are you talking oh, about? Oh, never mind. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have even brought that up. Part up. <laughs> Rosebud. Uh, so anyway, and then, uh, and then my wife's Mac broke today, which is why we're recording a little bit later than normal. It's uh, 10 minutes to nine in the evening. What kind of a computer was it? Um, it's a 15 inch, uh, iMac, one of the first kind of like the white ones. Who um, makes it? <laughs> and it's, uh, it's the power PC version. So it's not, it's not an Intel. It's, oh, uh, it's an old dog. Yeah. It's before, even before the 17 inch power PC iMac came out. Oh, okay. All right. So, so it's an old clunker. So yeah. it's probably over the hill. How old is that thing? So I, w- I was just thinking about that. It, and, and, and as you know, our computers are on 24 seven. We never turn them off. So that thing has been running for four years. And 24-7. So you're just burning up. You don't care about the environment or green or anything then? Well, no, the screen goes to sleep. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, and the drive shut down. So it's, uh, of course, it's still using energy. But yeah, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in leave it on. And not right. turn it on, turn it off. And, uh, so, I, and it was, it, it was clearly a hardware problem. I think something with the graphics card, it's just, you know, it's melted away. I guess that four years, that seems about reasonable for a, for something made in China. Yeah. It's kind of like a, you know, it's like owning a Datsun or something, you know, or a cheap, <laughs> Not- cheap car. About four years, they blow up. <laughs> four years. Kaboom. Man, I, you know, I bought my daughter a, a, a Renault Twingo. Uh, are you familiar with this car? I've seen the pictures of it. Let me it's tell- a cute little car. It's yeah. a cute little car. It's a cute little European car that would probably be really cute to have in Europe. Well, let me tell you, it's it's a really comfortable drive. You kind it's it's kind of like sitting in uh, uh, in like lawn furniture, and it kind of feels <laughs> like it. And, but you're you're sitting up a little bit high, and it's because it's so light. You know, it only has a 1.2 liter engine, but still real zippy. You know, five speed. Um, I, and yeah, I was like, wow, this is not bad. Mm. I could see you driving around one of those things. Well, I had a I had a smart car in Amsterdam, which I loved. I mean, that was freaking perfect. I can't imagine you in that though. Oh, you're man. too tall. No, you can fit to a smart smart car. Yeah, I had the one. I had the convertible smart car. So, so your head was sticking out no. through the roof. <laughs> no, they're uh, they're quite sizable. Huh. It's not a problem at all. No, it was nice. Also, uh, you know, very uh, very decent. It's kind of expensive for the actual amount of physical stuff that they give you. <laughs> yeah, they probably make money on it. Yeah, isn't that uh isn't it launched in the states now? Aren't people 
buying them now? I heard that they were. I haven't seen one. a different name, I think. I don't think they're calling it the smart car. I think they're calling it something else. The dumb car. (laughs) It's not dumb, man. In In the States, it is. Yeah, well. Because, you know, in Europe, for example, they let you park those things head first. Yeah, although I've, I've, I've never actually seen anyone park it that way. I've seen it in France a couple of times, especially in Paris. Okay, that, yeah, that's see, possible. Yeah. You see some guy just rams it right in head first between two cars, mm-hmm. and that just sits there, and nobody cares because it's, you know, not, uh, it's not bothering anybody. It doesn't stick out. But if you did that here, they'd probably throw you in jail and send you to Gitmo. But I have to say, though, you know, just driving around in this thing, and I went down to the gas station, you know, and she doesn't have her license yet, so I'm driving it. And uh, I'm, really, I'm, I'm really sitting there going, like, wow, just comparing it to, um, you know, to, to the Jaguar. I'm like, there's no advantage. In fact, this car's kind of cooler because you can plug your iPod into the, I told you about that, you can plug your iPod right into the, uh, into the stereo system. And, right. You know, another thing that happened that was uh, just personally interesting, our, our fridge went out uh, last Sunday. Huh. It, it just died, and you're uh, having you're having electronics failures yeah. around, in and around the house, hmm, left and right. Interesting, interesting. I wonder what's next. So, um, uh, it's a special size, so it had to be ordered. So it didn't actually come until yesterday. So we were without a, a refrigerator. Well, actually, I had a um, I have a small drinks uh, cooler that I have up here uh, in the office, which actually will get quite cold. It, it will function as a perfect refrigerator, but it's small. You know, it's only meant for you know, a couple cans of Coke or whatever, but it has kind of the form of a, uh, of a refrigerator. It has one or two shelves in it. Uh, and it was, it was kind of interesting to see how, how little food and how little crap we actually needed in the refrigerator. And we didn't go hungry. You know what I mean? And, and I, and I can compare this because we just got back from grocery shopping, man, <laughs> we now we have to fill up the new fridge. It's just like this is stupid. It's like we're we're buying all this stuff. It didn't make any difference. I didn't miss any of it for a whole week. You have to re uh, re. You have to. Uh, there's something. There's a good gag in there, but you have to reevaluate everything you're doing. You downsize. That's the key. Maybe that's. What I I'm got thinking. a refrigerator full of crap. Every once in a while, I say, "Okay, I'm going to clean out the refrigerator." So I take everything out and decide, and I take a, a harsh approach: throw out the stuff that I probably never going to use or it's old, and I, you know, clean everything, and then I put it back in. The thing is, you got nothing in it. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. It's just a much bunch of stuff that just accumulates in there. You use it for storage. Yeah, storage. So. That's right. Yeah, just but it's just shit we buy that I don't think we really need. Well. So uh, I had a, I got a whole, I was uh, shopping the other day and I got a hold of, uh, I, I, I don't remember seeing one of these before, but I knew they came out with them because they've been, you know, making these, these new bills here in the United States. And they, you know, first they did the hundred with the big giant Franklin head, then they made, put color on it. And then they did a 50 and then they did a 20 and then they did a 10, which was really clownish. It's really crazy. But then I finally got a hold of a five. So the new five has got big giant link, big head of Lincoln. If you look at the old bills that were done in the 1910s and 1920s, those things were gorgeous. They were they were just beautiful. And these things are look like play money. They're just stupid. But anyway, so they got. But the weirdest thing about this five, you got to just just I keep looking at it on the back side. They have the number five in the lower right hand corner, huge, big giant five, so somebody doesn't get confused. <laughs> and it's in lavender. Really. It's like lavender. I'm thinking, what? Who chose this color? Or maybe it's even more of a pink. But it's just a horrible, like, 
I don't know. Well, that's a good just, question. Who does who doesn't make those decisions? Well, it seems that I Richard Simmons is the one. I don't know. <laughs> it seems like a pretty important thing. Our money. I just, I just was baffled. Um, I've, I've had the new 20s. I haven't even had a, had a new 10 in my hands, honestly. The 10s are weirder than the 20s, and the 5s are the weirdest. So I'm waiting for the 1s. That are, those are going to be something to see. So how does that work when they uh, put money into circulation? Do they take an equal amount out at the same time? Well, they're always taking money out of circulation, constantly. Mm-hmm. And uh, they have to feed new money into circulation because the bills are only good for a few years, and then they just swap them out and they put new in, and they take old out and grind them up. And they're making them into bedding for the poor. So that's so and, that isn't isn't that a great process to leak a little bit of extra money into the economy? Well, there's always suspicions that people do that, but anyway, the but uh, so so that all they do is during the natural turnover of the money, they just bring in the new bills, and then they hope the other ones all disappear eventually. Even though I still have a fifty with the little head and without the stripe in it, you know, some some old bill that ended up in a drawer somewhere, and you, some of those you have to take to the bank to even get rid of them. Actually, in England, I was last time I was there, I, or I guess it was a couple times ago. Uh, I had gone in before they had done some deal with the euro, and they put that little E on the bills. Uh-huh. That means it's part of the European Union. And I walk into the country with a bunch of, and I always keep the old money. I keep the money from the last trip. So I loaded up with all my British pounds, and none of them were any, nobody would take them. And I said, what's the deal? She said, oh, no, you got to turn those into the bank. Those are no good. It looks just exactly the same. Right. Except there's a little E on the new bills. Because it was the same bill, same picture of the queen. Right. It was the same thing. Yeah, we, I don't we, understand why they couldn't just take that and let them go out of circulation naturally. But that's not the way they do things. There. No, no it's the, it's the same, it was the same in, uh, in the Netherlands uh, and in Belgium, actually. So Belgium had the franc before the euro came and uh, the Netherlands had the guilder. And there was a, an absolute cutoff date. And then I think up to two years after that date, you could still exchange uh, your old Dutch guilders um, for euros. Mm. So, I mean, I guess they do have to just set a date and say after this date and no more. And now we're cutting over to whatever it is. But when yeah, yeah. I get, yeah. It, it was an EU thing, man. It was total European Union bullshit. So anyway, so I have all these bills that you know I have to turn in, and I got a bunch of old French francs I found the other day. <laughs> and I totally do useless. Some with those. <laughs> That's absolutely well, no good. They're kind of pretty though. I found them always to be a little bit coppery, you know. I mean, like a, almost green. The French francs. Yeah, don't the they bills? have? No, no, I'm not the bills. I'm talking about the money, the actual coins. Oh, no, the, the, the coins? Yeah. Yeah, the coins are kind of funky, but the bills I thought were always very attractive. But the bills are small. No, they're all different sizes. They get the small one. It's like the, dom- the denomination of the bill and the, and the francs, they get bigger. Mm. I think. I know there's a small bill and there's bigger. I know there's some countries. I, don't, I think from, I thought France was one of them, but there's some. In fact, England has a little bill, or they used to. Yeah, the, no, the five-pound uh, notice. Oh, you're right. It's all different sizes. Five-pound notice is smaller. It. Yeah. Now, speaking of so, money, did you see our prime minister in the United States hanging out with everybody? No, I didn't know he came. You're kidding me. Oh, man, news, a- no, I'm not kidding because every, all the news is about the Pope. <laughs> Everything's Pope, 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 Pope. Yeah, well, but so after the Pope uh, boogied out of D.C., um, in came Gordon Brown and he met with Bush and he met with um, McCain and with uh, Clinton and with Obama. Here, let me look at this. I'm just bringing up Google News. Top stories. 
swept up in Pope fever. A busy day as first vote in six weeks draws near. North Korea trade top Bush talks with North Korean leader. Those are the three stories they're running. And then on the right, the little ones, there's nothing about this. Nothing. Zip. Nothing about Gordon Brown. Now, let me look in the world. Zimbabwe, human rights, Iraqi. Nope. <laughs> maybe, it didn't, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe they just made it up, like, like the, the people on the moon video. <laughs> Could be. Gordon I'm Brown didn't actually to, go. Here, here, big news. Sandra Bullock and husband hit by drunk driver. <laughs> oh, is she okay? Yeah, it doesn't really happen. It's not even news, it seems. Uh, no, there's nothing here except That's the Chinese amazing. urge anti-West boycott over Tibet's stance. You know, it was kind no. of, we know it was kind of cool. Brown is, is not anywhere on this page. Oh, crazy. 10 Downing Street, which of course is uh, the British White House, um, they, uh, they have a Twitter account. And they were Twittering the whole time. You'd be like, you know, the PM is now uh, uh, being announced by uh, Senator Kennedy and he's going to do his speech. And then, you know, it's like we're having donuts and now we're off to, you know, um, you know, whatever the next appointment is. It was pretty cool to follow along. It was. Uh, it was oh, that is cool. I would, if I had known that, I would have subscribed. You know, I'm a Twitter user now. So, <clears throat> last week, um, I did one tweet. I knew you had already signed up. You had, and in fact, you had like 150 people when I looked. And it was after we had, was it after we had dinner or was it after we did the last show? Yeah, no, it was actually before we had dinner because you, you, you told me that, I think you told me then. Oh, that's right. I don't it remember. was, yeah. Anyway, yeah, so I did. I did one her. tweet, like in the middle of the night, you know, kind of referring, you know, an at sign the real Dvorak, and uh, and then I could just see the number just going boom, 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 and it ticked up. And what are you at now? You like at five thousand followers or something at least? Well, I'm at about fifty seven, heading toward fifty eight hundred. Fantastic. But you know, the big jump took Leo gave it a shot. Yeah. Gave me a plug and yeah, it just jumped two thousand instantly. Yeah, that'll do it. That'll do it. So I need to get a plug from you, a plug from Calicanus, who promised, but he's never. He doesn't even answer his email. He's worse than Leo. He's a. Uh, and then uh, Veronica Belmont would be good. She's got like twenty thousand or something like that. So I could score a few extras. I want to try to get to. I didn't. I, my goal was actually to get to three or four thousand, but now that I'm over five, I figure, well, maybe yeah. my goal <clears throat> shot too low. I should be shooting for ten. You see, what you need to do. So here's the trick to Twitter: you have to get the, the right people following you. So having uh, a Calicanus follow you, but also um, if you, if you, I mean, I use it for notification to get the word out. I want you to look at something. You know, that's usually right, what I use. That's it what for. I'm doing. <clears throat> So if you can write, and, and this is where the, the creative writing part comes into play. If you can write something that will catch someone's eye like Calicanus, then he'll Twitter about it, right? So you automatically get his 15,000 or whatever. You get those in as well um, for, your, for your message. And it'll probably be to appropriate people. So it's, it's kind of like the gaming for me is not in how many people are following me, but I want to have the right people following me because I know that they'll replicate. They'll, um, they'll become a repeater for me. Yeah, no, I can understand that. No, I think the thing is actually quite interesting. I, I mean, I was always skeptical, but I, my skepticism periods, by the way, and I mentioned this on Cranky Geeks, is I've shrunk it. Uh, instead of <laughs> instead of milking it like I used to, where I could I did that with the blogs. I mean, I could write negative stuff and get my numbers wet because everybody kept coming in and you know to condemn me. But now I've decided that there's not enough hours in the day, and I got other ta things to talk about that I don't want to like milk these negative approaches, which are actually uh, exploratory. I mean, I use a lot of my uh, negative commentary to explore issues and get the you know all the different perspectives because if you really slam something from a, from an honest perspective, I'm not being 
a phony about it. I mean, I really feel I have these concerns, and so I express them in a, in a probably in a probably a vitriolic way that would detract attention. And so people come in and they say, "No, you're wrong," and here's why. I mean, I get I get that, and I also get you suck. But the, the you suck stuff doesn't do me any good. But people, there's a lot of people out there that will try to explain to you um, where you're wrong. Uh, yeah. And yeah. actually, I learned a lot from that. So, do you feel that this time is shortened now by weeks? Well, I could almost say by years, but. Uh, <laughs> Thank you for Seriously. pointing that out. No, uh, I think mankind thanks you in general that you've shortened this, uh, John. It, 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 you know, it was about time. Well, I'm trying to think of when I first ran into Twitter, which was, I think, pretty much on the Twitch no, show, Leo's thing. Two when years he was, ago, you know, probably. Was, you think it was that long? Yeah, I, I, think, don't think, it's been, I think it's been around for about a year and a half. Okay. So I, I think I'm... So I, I normally would have probably kept complaining for another half a year maybe another six months to nine months i probably should have uh brought it home uh six months earlier but you know I, i'm still i don't just don't jump on everything just right. crazy but in this case you actually believed it was worthless i did yeah i, I did but i realized now that uh, cali canis actually is the one on one of the shows that kind of talked me out of that way of thinking. I also, when I was in South Carolina recently talking to a bunch of real estate people, the head tech guy there, he um, had this really long explanation for me why he uses it and why I should use it and what good it is. And he uses it for like, you know, he uses it kind of as a, as a little way to, because everyone has it hooked to, through their phones. He has it, uh, he has a team of people that work for him or around him or, or in the same company. And when he needs to send out a message to all of them, yeah, he, he just says it's it through Twitter. <clears throat> yeah. He just Twitters it and it's the best broadcast message. And then yeah. more recently, that kid in Egypt who got arrested, he managed to Twitter that he was getting arrested just before they handcuffed him, I guess, and brought the attention to himself, to the Twitter, his little Twittering group. And they got him out of jail. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. So, now, what you got to do now is now you got to get into all the the ancillary stuff like Twitter mail. Do you have that Twitter mail? No. So twittermail.com, dot uh, com. You give it your Twitter details, and then whenever there's uh, new messages that are directed at you, you get an email with a nice little summary. Um, I'm I'm getting mail already f via Twitter. Oh really? Hmm. Yeah. There's a you know there's a private messaging system within Twitter that not the one where you go at you know Adam no, Curry the, but the, the one D? where you go to <clears throat> you you go to a you go to a, like a mail a little mailing thing and you got a, you can send these little short mail memos and um, they get emailed to you too. I don't have that. What are you using? Oh, I'm just using the website. Oh really? Yeah, people were complaining to me about that too already. Uh, you're, just, you're using the website. There's too many good tools out there. Why are you using the website? The website stinks. <clears throat> I think the tools are good, man. That's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, I only so many hours in the day. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, I post. I'll try to get to these tools eventually. No, I know, but I'm telling you, I'm giving you some ideas here. So if you, yeah, you did, you gave me Twitter mail, but what's the other five? Um, okay, then you have um, uh, what the hell is the uh, not conversely. Uh, oh. Crap, the one where you can see everything in threaded form. Ah, oh, shit. Oh, right. Somebody's told me about that already. Yeah, I just can't remember the name of it. I don't know that I want that, but okay. No, it, it's kind of cool because, the, you know, you may be replying to someone 
that's a part of some some other thread. It, it's interesting. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it could be valuable. But anyway, so now they're going to start to suck because I, I understand they're going to start putting ads into the feeds. Mm. That, that That'll may, be bad. That may suck, yeah. So uh, anyway, so I know I enjoy it. I think it's good. It's a good way to just like it is microblogging. There's sometimes you can draw attention to the blog if you have something speci- specifically good. Or I, you know, I've asked for certain things, some help on some things, and people are more than happy. It's a very, you know, kind of a utopian, uh, volunteer-oriented group of uh, well-wishers type. You know, there's not a lot of lot of negative stuff that goes on there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get the one, you know, you suck. You know, it comes through, but it's very. Yeah. It's but you can minor. block those people. Have you blocked them yet? That's that's really. Nah, I don't mind it at all. Who cares? Um, so anyway, the um, so I like it. I think it's a really cool thing. But now, the, now on the other side, I, I promise that uh, I'm not going to talk about it that much because it's boring. Yeah. So we're stopping that conversation immediately. I was just asking. Anyway, um, but it, but before we stop it, it's the real Dvorak <laughs> is the name. So you <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're horrible. <laughs> you know, I have any, I, I, <laughs> hey, you know, what's, what's the point? So uh, I'll probably pick up another 50 people. So, um, and it's, and the thing is, you know, people say, well, you know, I, we got into a big argument with on Cranky Geeks with uh, Sebastian Rupley. And he says, well, it's just an ego stroking. He says, no, it's not. You, you have this little group cadre of people and it's not for your ego. It's for, you know, it's for efficiency. It's really all it is. I mean, I don't need my ego stroked. I just, what the point is, I got plenty of things that, that can do that. And besides that, I have a bunch of kids that tell me I'm, I'm uh, crummy. So, you know, like I, a bad dad because I didn't buy something. So, I mean, you know, you get, I, I'm not worried about it. Wait, wait a minute. What am I hearing now? Are you a bad dad because you didn't buy the latest Xbox? <laughs> they have the, actually, they don't have the latest. That There's that one, uh, what was that fancy one they came out Dude, with? Dude, I, I know nothing about gaming consoles. They brought some new X, some new fancy Xbox out, and I've been trying to get it. And I haven't, and you know, and it's like, because of this, grief. Like, I mean, I could buy one, but it's like, I, you know, I don't, I think it's stupid. Oh, no, I mean, why so, buy one when you can review one? Well, I'd like to see it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I I was visiting, uh, you know, talking about, you know, you get a lot of comps and review units and evals, depending, uh, when, you're do- when you're writing in trade magazines or doing this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I always thought that I could, I could get, a, I can't get everything, but I can get a lot of stuff to look at or, and people are offering stuff all the time. I refuse it for the public out there that wants to know, I refuse to see most of the stuff I could actually get because it's just piles up and as I feel bad about it. You know, if I'm going to look, get something, I want to actually put it into use. You know, you had a, you had a pretty good appearance on uh, Neil Cavuto's show. Oh, did you see it? Yeah, I can't, I, somewhere, I, maybe I saw it on uh, your blog. I can't remember where, but uh, yeah, it looked all right. It was, uh, it was pretty decent. Yeah, I get it. I'm going to get my hair cut. So, yeah, what's the uh, deal with that? You have a bet with someone or is that just a joke? It's just a joke. Then you need a haircut. My hair cutter, my hair guy cut my hair the last time. He says, I'm going to cut it so it can grow out. Grow it long, see what happens. So I said, okay. And so I've been growing it long. And it went through one phase where it was just looking crummy. But then as it got really longer, like it's pretty long now for me. Because at some point, when I was a, you know, younger, I used to, I had my hair grow out real long. But the problem is that I have very thin hair and, and it gets split ends. Mm. And, and so when you have thin kind of hair and, if it, and it gets really long and it gets split ends, the hair, when it touches your skin, it makes it itch. Because it's just like little. Because it's, it's, like, too, it's too thin? What, do you, maybe you need to change your shampoo. 
No, it's not the. It's, yeah. Yes. My hair is still too thin. What yeah, shampoo no, I, do you use? What do you use? I'm using different shampoos. I can get the bulkier shampoos. But anyway, the point is, is that I can only put up with my hair being so long before it gets on my nerves. And um, yeah. I think it's getting pretty close. But you know I what? Mean, you have like the big quaffed hair. People don't know you've never seen you in person. Don't realize that. And it, then the pictures that were running on the uh, cage match of you are like from when you're in high ah, school a, or something. It's a horrible picture. I, I, I dislike, <laughs> tor- dislike it it's very much. It's a terrible much. picture. Maybe <laughs> Bubba will change it. But oh, by the way, the, Bubba does the most excellent show notes. Make sure you yeah. you catch him on the cage match. Yeah. dot org slash cage match. Anyway, um, but if anyone's ever seen you in person, you have you look like kind of a uh, you got this huge. When it's done right, you have this huge head of hair <laughs> on your done, already when it's enormous, done right. <laughs> when it's done right on your on your already enormous head. <laughs> My head is, is quite small, thank you. I have a rather high forehead. <clears throat> Whatever. So you got this huge head of hair, and uh, and it's like you know when somebody sees it coming down the street. I've seen it. People actually jump. No, <laughs> they do. They, they jump out of. I don't know that it's scaring them or if it's just something they've never seen before. Or they recognize. I don't know what it is, but they they all jump. You're, <laughs> you're full of shit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. You know what? Uh, in your in your case, it's a little different, but in most cases, people who make fun of my hair usually don't have any. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, that yeah, I know it's always good to have a little hair left. I mean, I'm not bald. Well, you, by you, any well you, no, but you should be. You should thank your lucky stars, man. I mean, how many guys your age? And I emphasize that. Uh, you know, are, are bald. Yeah, I mean, fuck. That's what Patricia always says. You know, I'll call her up. I said, I can't do my fucking hair because this is the problem. It's like. She made me grow my hair long. Uh, you know, the penis picture, penis head picture, th- that's me. I'm like, easy, right? Just, you know, burp, in the morning, get up, take a shower, get your hair wet. You can't do that with long hair. So they get all these, like, freaking rituals and shit, like, you know, not wash it every day. And then, you know, I have to, every morning I have to use a hair dryer and a brush. It's just, it's a pain in the ass. She's, she's talked me into, she's conned me into this. And uh, well, now it's now it's unfortunately it's your trademark. Well, the new Adam Curry's trademark is this hair. Yeah, well, it's always been my trademark. Yeah, I know, but this really well. And it yeah, didn't, it's and, a little and, blonder than I remember when you were younger. Mm, yeah, with age, I mean, it, it's not colored or anything. So hmm. really, uh, no, I have gray huh. hair on my hmm. on my temples, but no, no, it's not uh, not colored or bleached or anything. No, not at all. Um, but anyway, uh, I, I can never do it right. When she does my hair, it's great. And then I can walk, you know, I, I can walk around for a, a full 24 hours, you know, wear headsets, uh, <laughs> whatever. And, uh, and the hair is just, it, it's in, it's permanently fixed. It's perfect. But when I do it, it's like, it just, you know, it gets destroyed. I don't know. Does anyone give a shit? It's the, it's the stuff I don't I know if they do with. or not. I was just brought it up because I thought people would be interested in if they ever saw you that maybe they wouldn't, you know, have that that jump thing that everyone else. But does, it's you not know, true. Not well, people jump because you know I'm six foot four. They, you know, most people to most people I'm a giant. Uh, you know, they so they see this dashing, handsome young well, man. That could be it. Maybe that's why they're jumping. You know, maybe it's you know they're having some sort of a a surge. I think people jump when they see you too. If you want to, you know, really get into it. <laughs> yeah, because you you know you're not like a small guy. You're there's a big man with this wavy kind of white hair, and you know, and you're always you kind of walk no, with. Well, that. my hair's not white. 
Yeah, it is. No, it's not. What do you call it? If it was white, it would be white. It, it's, it is white. It's like no, white. It's kinda... You call it blonde? It's yeah, white. I would call it blonde. It's more blonde than white. Come on, it's white. Hmm. It's like old guy white, you know? It's Live not up really to it. old. Old guy white is usually a salt and pepper look. <laughs> no, not dashing old guy. I mean like old, old guy. <laughs> 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 hey man, okay. again, let's just let's just take a moment and praise the hair gods that we still have hair. Yeah, most of my friends don't have any hair. Exactly. So I'm You know, they all bitch about it. Of course they do. So we we need to shut up and just be really happy. And you know what you're not supposed to do is when you haven't seen one of your old buddies for a long time, you don't go up to him and the first thing you say is cripes you're getting bald <laughs> that's, no that's not a great conversation starter after a couple of years so <laughs> <laughs> i have had that though man you know where you see someone after like maybe f- even four or five years and they've grown so drastically old in just that short amount of time that you, you and bald and bald and your mouth just like is fucking drops open and, and you know that they've realized it that they can see it in your eyes have you had that happen <laughs> It's just the, it's the most horrible feeling because you like you want to say you look great, but you're like you look like fucking shit, dude. You look horrible. What happened? I literally yeah. that like two or three years ago, I had that happen. I met up with a buddy in New York who I hadn't seen for like five years, and it just freaked me out. You've never had that? Come on, you must see to have that happen. I think more people do that when they see me. <laughs> so yeah, exactly. You know. Exactly. Okay, yeah. so what else? We, do we have anything to talk about this week? You know, I took no notes, so I don't have any of these yeah, I got crazy... A couple, I got a couple things. I wrote I a what? few. Um, I found out, uh, and maybe this is common knowledge, but um, you know this surge they did in, in Iraq where uh, I guess we put in 30,000 extra troops, and that was the so-called surge, and then they were going to pull that back. Um, yeah. yeah, what about it? I'm reading that it was 30,000 uh, U.S. servicemen, but that they, that we um, hired like 70,000 militias. And I'm looking at, oh. and I'm looking like at the footage and I'm seeing, you know, like, you know, the Iraqi army, right? And it's, they even have different uniforms. They've got like the, the, the almost like the U.S. style cam- camouflage, you know, kind of that gray and gray and black uh, instead of the kind of the oil drab Iraqi army stuff, and and they just like like a whole totally different kind of uh, kind of dudes, and I'm hearing all kinds of reports about you know how good or not good this is. Have you heard anything about this? No, you know that comes and goes in and out of the news, but did probably you know we have been using a lot of mercenaries, and those are the guys who take no prisoners, as it were. What's a lot, John? Yeah. What do you think a lot is? <sighs> Uh, you know, how much? I mean, a lot of people, or a lot of times, I've heard about this. No, a lot of people. So, if, if we hire a lot, you mean? In, are you saying we 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 do that as a country in general a lot, or or we have no, a I lot? No, I think that, of I think them. it's been our policy for. I think it's been recently, as of late, our new. I mean, so the, I think the Roman Empire did something similar. Um, you know, that's where we take our cues from. Uh, <laughs> to have these uh, mercenaries do the do the dirty work, they get paid really well. Which you know, and meanwhile, our own soldiers get screwed, uh, and are and they have to go by the, the the military code. These other guys don't, and uh, I don't know. The whole thing is sketchy. And I, you know, there's, there'll be a good book about it eventually. Uh, I do want to mention something though. That <laughs> that, that is so cold, dude. 
<laughs> the whole Iraq war. There'll be a good book about it eventually. Um, someday. <laughs> yeah, it'll make for they good will. reading. Oh, crap. I'm sorry. Well, what can you do? I mean, you can't do anything. So, um, but talking about the camouflage, you don't realize that they've, they've come up with these computerized camouflage outfits, right? You yeah. know about this? No, not at all. Oh, yeah. Well, they have these, uh, and you see them once around the San, in the Bay Area. Some soldiers will be around to be wearing them. They don't do you any good in the Bay Area, but they, they've developed these new computerized models, and they, and they, they custom make these uh, camouflage outfits, and it makes you literally disappear uh, into a background. And hmm. somebody was telling me about the one that looks like it's just a, it's a really weird pattern. I've seen it a couple of times on some people, and it's really cool looking. It's mostly like looks pixelated. It's little dot, you know, squares and stuff all over the outfit. And there's one that makes you look like you can't see a person if they're walking in the desert. Huh. Now, I, I was a little skeptical about this, but I was watching, uh, I think it was my stepson, Eric, that was telling me about this initially, and then I think I was watching something with him on, on it was it was like some interview, somebody doing in Baghdad or, or out by in some place, there was a desert behind him, and he pointed out to me that in the background, you could see people walking, and all you saw were their heads. I swear to God, you could see nothing. Now, so when you say heads. computerized, it's not actually changing uh, based on its surroundings. It's just a computer has designed this this particular pattern. Yeah, the computer's uh, designed the pattern. Cool. And you, I swear to God, you see, you look back there because it was just it was way in the back, but all you saw were these little black head, little black <laughs> dots. <laughs> these little black dots that were awesome. they were heads, but you, clearly they were heads, and you'd see them moving around, but they were not hooked to anything. Uh, it must have something. Realize, to, it must have something to do with the way your eye, you know, with the, the way the brain parses the information or something. Yeah, no, I think so. But it's really a remarkable new technology, and it hasn't really gotten uh, a lot of uh, play. But I think it would have some other kinds of uses. I mean, like hunters, and maybe if you want to walk down to the, you know uh, some street in San Francisco and you don't want to be seen. I don't know. How about when I'm hanging out in the park at night and I don't want to be seen? Yeah, it probably probably work great. I only wanted to see the heads. That's all. Anyway, that's my story. Yeah. Uh, no, I got nothing on the Iraq War. <laughs> I did enjoy. In fact, I uh, I played one of his bits, not the one you sent me. Um, the kid from Brooklyn. Oh, um, right. The, the <laughs> I can't what remember was his name. The, the big man. It's the the kid from Brooklyn dot com. Oh, the kid from Brooklyn. Oh, I thought you were talking about those DVDs I gave you. No, no, I haven't. <clears throat> I haven't even had time to look at those. I apologize. Oh, well, watch them on the way over. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the kid from Brooklyn. Right. Well, the <laughs> thing that guy's he, awesome. That guy is. People have to go see. I was going to blog it, but it was so offensive. Yeah, but he has, he has other ones. He has other really funny ones. I mean, you know, yeah, he does have a couple that are incredibly offensive, but, you know. So, so it's called the kid from Brooklyn.com, or yeah, is he just the kid from it. Brooklyn no, on it's, YouTube? It's the, the, the kid from Brooklyn.com. And he okay. actually charges for that, John. He's making money on that. Really? Well, I don't know if he's making money. He's charging. Yeah, it's like... Uh, well, we need to make money. Two two bucks a month or something like that. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's not a bad deal. Yeah, I signed up. I, I, I'm like, this guy's just too funny. I have to see his shit. He's just too fucking funny. Uh, yeah, he is funny. He's good. So I guess he's running for president. No, no, he's withdrawn now. Oh. Mm. He's uh, endorsing uh, Obama. You should have heard his riff on Cheney, though. It was so good. Hmm. I'll send, I'll send a couple to you. So, um, yeah, he was funny. I thought he was a good contrast to that, that, that kind of erudite British character who Pat Condell or whatever it is. Pat, 
O'Condell? Connell? I, I don't know what his name is. I think yeah, it's Condell. Like yeah. Yeah, I've heard him a few times. He reminds uh, me exactly of um, uh, a television producer I know. And it really freaks me out whenever I see him. Like, oh, no. <laughs> it can't be that guy. Hmm. So let's see. What else is in the news? Anything that's of interest internationally? Except the weather. Well, um, uh, I don't want to bore you with finance stuff. Oh, what, what's the finance stuff? I had a finance thought the other day. You go. Well, no, I was thinking that, you know, what I think you with the dollar sinking, here's the, the, the there's an anomaly going on. It's 155 at the time, at present. I think they're going to push it to almost two, and then they're <laughs> going to pull the plug on it, and then it's going to go into reverse so fast <laughs> that you won't know what the hell happened. You mean up? Yeah, the dollar. And here's what the deal is. They're trying to screw China. I'm, I'm convinced of this. China will not budge on linking their money to the dollar. So we decide to screw the dollar up so much that the Chinese have to unlink. Because now there's talk about the Chinese yeah, hooking want, they up want to the euro. And, yeah, and they want to dump all of their, uh, like a trillion dollars back into the marketplace. Yeah, let them. <laughs> okay. And then what? And how exactly do you take the value of the dollar up again? What What is the economic? Well, how about this for an course? idea? The economics of the situation as it now exists is untenable. I mean, you can't. You I mean the, the the exports of Europe are falling like a rock. Americans are sh- sh- are actually producing enough stuff to actually start exporting mostly to Europe, obviously not to China. And uh, the, you know, we have a tourist trade over here now that's astonishing. Even though there's a pain in the butt to get through the through the immigration, and uh, it's just a matter of you know what is something worth. And why, is, why can somebody from, here's a good question that you have to ask yourself. Why does somebody come, from, say I'm, I'm in Paris right now, I go into a Paris wine store, and there's a bottle of wine selling for 35 euros. And I go to the United States, and that exact same bottle of wine it's is selling for bucks. the equivalent of 20 euros. Mm. And it's a French wine. Mm-hmm. Does anybody see that this is like something wrong with this picture, or is it just me? <laughs> well, but that... that, that, that that obviously it's has untenable. To, That's the point I'm trying to make. It's it untenable. The whole thing is rigged to screw the Chinese. So let's see what happens. Okay, so screwing the Chinese, how? Because uh, so that well, here's how. Here's how you screw them. They won't unlink from our dollar. So okay, fine. Let's run the dollar down to two dollars a euro. Just make the dollar like. Why do we want them work. to unlink? Because if they link to something else, because they're lowballing us on everything, they're selling stuff for next to nothing, and it's ridiculous. I mean, you, you can't compete with them. They've taken over seventy-five percent of the world's manufacturing, and it's basically because it's all subsidized. And you, and it's because, and if we try to say, well, you know, you could, the t- typical way you'd balance your, you know, your export and, and imports is that you devalue your money a little bit to make, you know, to, to get things kind of on an even keel. But every time you you keep lowering the value of the dollar in any way, shape, or form, the Chinese He's just linked to it. Yeah, we're still we're cheap too, and so uh, <laughs> you said that just like him too. We cheap too. So they take and go into the you know the toilet with us. But at some point, somebody says, "Hey, this is ridiculous. This dollar is going to be useless. Let's link to the euro." So they link to the euro. Let's say it's at the two to two to one mark. Mm-hmm. Once they de-link from the dollar, now we can start running the dollar's value back up and leave those guys in the dust. That all of a sudden they 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 will naturally have revalued their money. Okay, uh, by but but John, wait a minute. If the dollar continues to fall, won't we have some kind of domino effect where everyone starts dumping? 
dumping their dollars to get into the euro? Won't won't that just really accelerate it and and could ruin it? It would make. Why would it ruin it? I think it would make it better. I'd love to hear why. It makes our goods cheaper on the on the open market worldwide. So what's wrong with that? What goods? Well, we do produce automobiles and heavy machinery and jets and multi-million dollar aircraft uh, that sells for like a lot of money and it competes with the European stuff. The, Europe, the Airbus is losing their ass because of the fact that the dollar is so cheap and we can sell Boeing jets so much cheaper. It's killing people. Yeah, now for the most part, we're still buying too much junk from China, but that's the only thing that's been ruining us is that, you know, the Chinese have kind of taken over our manufacturing of the, of the lesser goods. Okay, well, this is really, this is really interesting. And this is really interesting because this is something I've been talking about. So if uh, consumers were to just stop buying goods from China, would that also solve the problem? Well, it's impossible, actually. Uh, but, but let's yeah, just say, in, 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 to in some a extent, world. But that's never going to happen. It's an impractical concept. I mean, if we <laughs> stop the globalization, yeah, maybe. Or if China falls apart, you know, that's that probably would do the trick, too. But, you know, which is going to happen the way they're going. But the, I mean, this, I mean, they're coming apart at the seams, it seems to me. This Olympics thing is becoming yeah, a that's fiasco. That's a problem, yeah. Where's that going to end? When do the, the Olympics start, actually? I think in about four years. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the next Olympics. I guess it's this the October or something like that. I think it's coming up. I want to see. IOC.org, I presume. Or maybe, yeah. Look, and no, no, it must be this summer because it has to be. It's the Summer Olympics, so it's got to be like in July. And I want to be in Beijing running around a track in July in China <laughs> with all that. Oh, the air there is horrible. How the hell do they get the uh, stewardship? That's all corrupt. You know, if you look at paintings from China... It's really interesting to compare paintings from China and paintings from Vietnam, for example. Vietnam and the Chinese both paint Western art now. And the, and the Vietnamese, if you want to have stuff made by, you know, one of these job shops down there, you go to Vietnam because they the skies in Vietnam are gorgeous. I, I wondered, I, until I went there, I didn't realize it, but I knew that the Vietnamese painted clouds better than probably any other people. And so, so you, if you have a picture with, that you want to copy and it has a lot of clouds in it, the Vietnamese will knock it out. And the reason is because they have all these beautiful clouds in the sky all the time. You look at the Chinese art that's actually made in China. I have a bunch of original pieces done by some Chinese artists. The skies are always white. There's no, I don't think – I think there's parts of China where they've never seen blue. It's always white. Mm -hmm. It's just a white mass. You don't see any clouds. You don't see the blue sky. It's just this white – it's like being in Los Angeles back in the 70s. It's, it's horrible. 8th of August, opening date. Hopefully. First, they enter the monsoon season. That could be good for a laugh. <laughs> Although it's in Beijing, I don't think they have monsoons there. I have no idea. Have you ever been to Beijing? Oh, yeah, a couple times. What's Maybe it like? Three times. What, what, city is it, is it, what city is it most like? That you, uh, well, it used European to be city. most pretty singular Beijing-ish, but then now it's starting to look like Shanghai, and so it's not you know as cool as it once was. But it's, it doesn't really re it doesn't resemble anything in Europe. It's pretty China in, in, in itself has got a singular quality that is. Uh, the, they got a whole different world over there, don't they, John? <laughs> it's a different country. It, but it was really, really different. I mean, it's it's really, really amazingly different. And how little do we actually know of their culture? 
around? Well, there's a lot of Chinese around. They'd love to tell you about their culture. It's just not hard to uncover. It's not, you know, they don't have a complex culture like the Japanese where they have, you know, the two faces and the and they act to act a certain way and all that other stuff. They're, it's not really so complicated that you can't deal with it. I'll tell you this, you know, I was sitting, I think I may have mentioned this on an early show. So I'm sitting at lunch with some Chinese um, in Palo Alto that uh, were showing me some stuff from Acer out of Taiwan. And I was, they were talking about the conversation turned to China because I, you know, like going there. It's kind of cool. And, uh, and the woman was, was moaning about something. She's, I guess, a Taiwanese or maybe an American. She was complaining. And I said, I always have a great time there. I always have a great time. She says, yeah, it's because you're white. <laughs> no, I don't think you've told me that one. Yeah. And she says, it's because you're white. I said, she says, if you're especially an American and you're in like Shanghai or Beijing, they fall all over themselves because they want to improve their American English. They think America's great. You know, they have all these crazy things. You know, they just they kiss your ass. <laughs> and so you always have a pretty good time if you're white. And she said, but if you're like Chinese, you know, from especially if you're not a, a Chinese <clears throat> from China, they just give you they make your life miserable. She says, I don't know. So okay, maybe. so so what you're saying is that the uh, in general the typical chinese person really aspires to uh, have a life like us in the west i think there's an element to that i mean the first time i went to china which was <laughs> they should, come on in boys come check it out <laughs> you'll have a grand old time first time i went to china which was i don't know 15 years ago or so and that i was with a group and i had to listen to the lectures and um and the Chinese were very adamant about copying our aspects of American capitalism and lifestyle. I mean, they just announced it. Interesting. Well, I don't think lying about it. There's evidence. I'm sorry you dropped out there, John. What did you say? I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I don't think they were lying about it. I do think that their their interpretation's a little different than what we would uh, actually do. Yeah, maybe but, perhaps it's what they see on television. I think there's that element, and uh, they have a lot of Chinese over here. I mean, again, they go back and forth, and so it's not like it's dude, a dude. The Chinese that, are everywhere. Yeah, they're taking over Africa. That's actually the news that needs to be followed. Hmm. South Africa, North Africa, all that, all of Africa. What are, they, what are they doing? Well, Fact, the factories. Heard, oh, wait a minute. Now, wait a minute. That's our natural resources. We're we're the ones supposed to be fucking that up. How come they get to jump in? Yeah, they they they're they're uh, because they don't have the political correctness gene that we do. So they do a lot of dirty deals um, to screw the natives and. Uh, I first heard about this. This was about not to generalize or anything, John. I'm I'm generalizing from what I've been told. Okay, I don't know because I haven't. I, I talked to a lot of guys that go back and forth to Africa a lot, and nobody's denied this. But um, I first heard about this. I think it was maybe three or four years ago. First time I was up in Windsor, Canada, giving a talk to of all people, kind of the remnants of the OS2 community. 
And there was a bunch of hot shots there, including the, one of the mainstays of PHP. And then there was a bunch of there was a couple of Germans. And the one guy from Germany was telling me about how the Germans have been kind of pushed out of China by the I'm sorry, pushed out of Africa by the Chinese who come in with these sweet deals. And then they bring all their own people in and they build their own cities. And then they next thing you know, they're pushing all the they, what they do. He, he claimed and I was denied this either. They do the following. They do. They open up a big contract to build a dam. Yeah. And then they bypass, and, and then because they need all this, this this equipment, like from computers to everything in the world to build the dam, they bring all that stuff in duty free into their into this country, and then they start selling it on the gray market. Hey, and do, so it, do you think Mugabe is anything to the whole Mugabe situation has anything to do with the Chinese? Do you think they had a deal um, with him? Oh, that's a known fact. Anyway, so uh, so they bring this stuff. And it goes like the, the, the way the thing works, the way the, the German guy explained it to me. He says, you have a legitimate company coming in from Germany selling, for example, power supplies or end computers. They go through the channels. They have to pay the duties. They got to do all these things. The computer comes out at, at a bunch of, it costs a fortune. The Chinese come in through the back door with all this gear they bring in because they're doing this big dam or they're building some civic center or something uh, and they bring all this crap in and then they lowball the Germans and put them out of business those rat bastards and, and nobody does anything about it and he says and this is the worst part about it is the crap they're bringing in is garbage so it's blowing up all the time and the power supplies are yeah. no good See, that, that's junk. the thing we got to watch out for I agree man because uh, you know, it does seem like there seems to be a lot of issues with products manufactured in China yeah, there is. Now, he says the kicker is the way they, and he says what makes it really work for him is they never officially finish the projects. There's always something. And so they keep bringing this stuff in through the back door and then they, then they dump it into the into the economy uh, as opposed to using it. The dam, and the next thing you know, they've taken over the place because they're all the little businesses, either local or from Germany, United States, yeah, or wherever get, they're else. Get they're out. they're yeah. all out of business. They can't compete with these Chinese. So what they do? I guess they do. Is it? The, it must be Chinese government then, or is it? Is it? It can't be big commercial. You know, I haven't been able to who, pin who's doing this, this down. Who are these? I mean, so who's doing well, the deal with who? Obviously, with guys like Mugabe. So you have uh, how many presidents do you have in Africa? Maybe eighteen. Uh -huh. I don't know. It's like happening everywhere. They just—I just watching it on BBC. They were talking about how they're taking over, like another Mozambique or something. Now, here's the the thing: is who's doing this is the, is an interesting question because you don't know if it's the it, you know at what level this is being instigated. A large part of it it's coming from the you know there's a group of Chinese you know, and this is another discussion you can get into with Chinese. And I'm going to get you know some email. Well, you know, you're generalizing. I may be generalizing, but I'm not generalizing from not having at least checked it out john john uh, john you have credibility my friend no worries <laughs> i got your back so anyway so here's the here's the way it shakes out the china there's a bunch of 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 cultural things going on in china as to how the chinese are going to do business in the world uh, of business uh the inner global world and Initially, everybody believed that what was going to happen is that over these – because the, the Taiwanese had developed all these great connections all over the world and are kind of – 
you know, fairly honest businessmen by some standards. They're, you know, they may not be completely, but they're pretty good because we work with them all the time. I mean, the for, Americans and for do decades. It. America has had made time, time right. for a long time. Good relationship. Yeah. And they were going to influence how China does business. But there's another group of Chinese businessmen called the Malaysian Chinese who are the guys who are the real cut. <laughs> the minute you said cutthroat. Skype cut out. Easy does it, man. They're listening in. Cutthroat characters. Anyway, they are nasty. I mean, they really are the capitalists. And they seem to be getting more and more influence because they do bigger deals. They have better profits. They do all kinds of stuff that just makes these, you know, the Taiwanese are wimps by comparison in terms of the world, world-class, world you know, cutthroat business deals. And uh, the Malaysian Chinese seem to have something to do with this Africa deal, I think. Hmm. Now, uh, and the Malaysian Chinese are, 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 are rough customers. I mean, they're the ones who, uh, you know, they're probably a lot of uh, triad. Uh, they, ha- they have to be kind of rough customers to already there. And they're always being, you know, the government's always threatening to kick the Chinese out of Malaysia. And... Uh, you know, it's otherwise it'd be a Muslim country like Indonesia. But the Chinese have so own Malaysia in terms of the fact that it wouldn't operate on this level it's at. You wouldn't have those twin towers, uh, the Petronas Towers or anything going on without these Chinese there. And I've met more than a few of them, and they are... What kind of business are they in, typically, John? Is it all manufacturing? Is it all no, electronics? No, no, they're in everything. Newspapers, in? manufacturing, import-export, everything. Nothing is beyond them. It, you know, it, it almost sounds like one of those science fiction movies, you know, kind of like Schwarzenegger deal, where you've got all these really shady characters lurking in bars, all different, like, ethnic looks and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, but they tend to be in first-class hotels With and Rolls driving Royces. around big Mercedes, yeah. Rolls Royces, and the, that type of thing. They're very showy. Um, and then there's the other group, which is the Hong Kong Chinese, but I think they've been marginalized, and essentially Hong Kong has been turned to Switzerland. It's essentially a banking community, and... Uh, the, the action for tr- international trade has been shifted up to Shanghai from Hong Kong. And Hong Kong, if you go there now, it's very expensive. When I was a kid, you could go to Hong Kong and buy cheap cameras. I mean, everything was inexpensive. And then all of a sudden, so I don't like going there. Say that last part again. Hong Kong is expensive. I mean, it's like really expensive. Yeah. I'm sorry. So we, yeah. So our connection crapped out. Yeah, I was just listening. I was really tuning into what you were saying, and it crapped out once or twice. But it's okay. I mean, it was it was easily followable. Yeah. No. Anyway, the point is, if you're gonna, if somebody wants to go visit China, I always I tell everyone just get on a plane. Well, so, you can but, get it. You can. But all these things you're telling me, and I'm really, I'm just kind of you know reflecting in thought here. Um, this seems to be a problem. Oh, it's huge. So, it's a huge problem. But but we seem to be like everyone is sucking up to the Chinese. You know, we're taking their sovereign wealth funds. We're uh, we continue to have an insatiable appetite for uh, products made in China. Uh, I don't know. It just it feels like uh, that's kind of weird. No one, you don't. Not a lot of people talk about it that way. 
uh, it's really too bad. They not, if people talked about it more, I think it would help resolve some of the problems. Um, you know, the thing is, I, I keep telling people, just go to China, will you? I mean, the problem we have in this country is the media gives us a skewed perspective of China. Some people, including Dan Rather himself, still call it Red China, <laughs> as if it was, you know, as if everyone's wearing Mao costumes. You know, when some years ago I went to Beijing, I think the first time I went to Beijing. Uh, it was with uh, PC computing or something. We have a whole group of us. And w- what we wanted to do, and this was a while ago. This was like 96, 97, 96. Uh, what we wanted to do, because we'd never been there before, or to Beijing. Uh, I think it was my first trip to Beijing. I'd been to Hong Kong and Taiwan a million times. And um, we wanted to get a Mao outfit. You know, like so one of those Mao things. It'd be kind of cool. You'd look great in that. You'd look kind of like... Um uh, a heavier version of the uh, of the master in gr- uh, Grasshopper. Time to snatch the the pebbles from my yeah. hands. You'd look fantastic. You should wear that to work. So anyway, <clears throat> you can't find them anywhere. And I'm thinking, well, there's a tourist. They, they don't take advantage of the tourist opportunities here. They're, they haven't worn those things. Apparently, we're told, you know, for what twenty years. And they were. Everyone looked at us like we're crazy to even want one. These things have all been shipped to the. You know, they've all been sent out to the middle of nowhere for farmers to use if they can't find any clothes just for free. Souvenir level of high high souvenir level, like you know Mao jacket. They didn't, you couldn't get it, and I think it's probably still true today. In fact, we ended up finding someone who knew someone who knew someone who had access to some uh, Mao Zedong posters, some classics, some big the picture, that big portrait, the one that's that's a copy of the one in uh, Tiananmen Square. Yeah, sure. And they gave us a whole big roll of them for free that they took from the library or someplace that, you know, somebody, they were going to throw them out or whatever because they weren't selling those either. <laughs> and so we took, we, everyone got one of these, you know, posters and uh, took them home and framed them. They're actually quite funny. That's probably worth something. And uh, baffled by the whole thing, they, you know, they didn't know how to deal with, um, you know, any of this. It was like, it was baffling to the Chinese that anyone would want this so um, they didn't get the whole, you know, what tourists are. I don't know where I was going with that story, but I, no, that's all right. That's all right. But you know, th- th- that's really interesting. And now I got a feeling I got to go to China. No, that's what I was saying. The story was about. I keep telling people. Just go to China. Don't watch the news reports. The news reports are all inaccurate. Just get on a plane, and a good flight, by the way, is Vancouver to Shanghai. Great flight. Short. It's like, I don't know, it's like six hours or something. It's really short. It's usually filled with a bunch of Chinese businessmen. But it's a great flight. Vancouver to Shanghai, because they're both up high on the uh, latitude. Right. How, how long does it take to get from San Francisco to Vancouver? Like three hours? Four? No, it's got to be more than that. No, it's a two hour. It's about a two hour ride. Wait a minute. So you can get to Shanghai in eight hours? Um, you know, I might be a little short on that, but yeah, I think so. I think you can get to Shanghai wow. pretty quick. Okay. If you get up to Vancouver, not you can get to London, Shanghai. Not from London, man. From London, it's like no, London, three days. Actually, London going over the top, it may be, not be as far as you think. Shanghai is is up there. Um, yeah, that's Korea true. That's true. Yeah. I'll have to look at that. All Check right. it out. I bet you could get there in 10 hours. Well, that's like the same as from here to San Francisco. Yeah, you can go to Shanghai instead. Hmm. That sounds like a I'll good plan. I mean, I'll tell you, the place is unbelievable. People just need to go. It's cheap. 
It's dirt cheap. And my one of my favorite anecdotes is okay. I'm, and I this is my comparison. I use this. This is the difference between you know the Westernized world and China. You can go to Hong Kong, go to the airport. In the Hong Kong airport, which is all Western prices and it's an expensive plate, and you buy a Coca-Cola at any of the stalls there, stands. I mean, it's a real, by the way, it's a beautiful airport, um, and it's a buck fifty. At least it was the last time I went there. I don't like going there. So and then, if you then I, I bought a Coke, it's buck fifty, same Coke, made from the same factory. You go into the mainland, you go to some wherever you land. I don't care where it is. You go into the airport area and you buy a coca-cola in the mainland same coke same factory same everything 18 cents so you have a buck 50 which is what you'd normally be paying any place else in the world you go to china it's 18 cents you know in china and that's the way all the prices are there you can buy anything you want you can stay in the best hotels i mean it's a dirt cheap experience and i keep telling people to because they need to see china while they can you know china is always up for shutting down you got to go there go to just take a flight from vancouver to shanghai that's your absolute best bar best entertainment value and you know go for a weekend i mean you know people go to paris for the weekend but nobody ever thinks of going to shanghai for the I, weekend i got they, it john all of a sudden it hit me i know how we're going to be rich doing this show we've got to package tours <laughs> Go That'd to Shanghai and, and we'll give you um, stuff you load up on your phone with your GPS. You know, you can hear the story about a particular restaurant. We'll give you all the directions. Of course, we'll have discount coupons. Uh, hookers are us for 20% off if you use my GoDaddy code. And this could really be a good business. Well, I'll tell you, there's a lot to do in, in Shanghai, that's for sure. And the restaurants are fantastic. They, everything's inexpensive. Place is polluted, of course, but it's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I mean, the, the the architecture is first class. You know, all done by the best firms. And, and in how the about world. the people? Are you a, are you a guy who hangs out with the people, or you hang out with uh, the the Shanghai PC Magazine editor? I would hang out with the Shanghai PC Magazine editor. What am I going to do? What, what, what do I have in common with the people? Well, in, don't you, you have know, to learn about the people and talk to them? That's what I like doing. You, you just want to go to the them. fancy restaurants? Yeah, well, you know, to be honest about it. <laughs> yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, you, to, you oh, just in an ancillary way, there's no way you can avoid the people because the whole place is crowded with, you know, I mean, it's all people. There's so, so many people there. So you end up learning quite a bit. And they're very helpful, by the way. Now you have more to say. We'll, we'll save some of my more amusing Chinese, my, my, uh, some of my, my more favorite. You get a lot of stories out of going to China, I can tell you that much. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, I enjoyed listening to it, and, and it's really put China in a whole new light for me, particularly this Africa thing. I think, I think we should look into that a little bit. Because, you know, if we don't tell people, who will? Apparently nobody. <laughs> you didn't even know Gordon Brown was in the U.S. That's the way our media is. I mean, what can I say? I mean, it's, it's really gotten pathetic. And, the, you know, the thing that's interesting is the media knows this. They, they, they sit around and, and fret about it. But they don't seem to be able to do anything about it because it's like one of those things that's like good taste. If you don't have it, you don't miss it. So it's, for, for all practical purposes, they, don't, they know that there's, this is going on, the media people. But they don't know what to do about it because they can't do anything about it because they don't have any... Pers- yeah. But, John? J schools. I don't know. Do you have the solution? Yeah. Do you do you know what we need to do to fix this? Yeah, blogging. 
<laughs> really? Really? You think that's going to do it? No, it's not going to do anything. So, is there a solution? Is there a fix? No, uh, no I don't think there is a fix. I think the uh, we have to reset the whole system, which I think is going to happen in a couple of years when we have a depression. Should we talk about that next time? The depression? Uh, and fixing it. Yeah, maybe we can try. Maybe somebody can send us some suggestions. Although, you know, the suggestions are always going to be the same, which yeah. is like, you know... Talk about Twitter gonna... more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or less. Or less. No, no. It was, this was an important, you know, this is an important step. Although I, I am a little bit saddened that you didn't give me any credit for actually getting you onto Twitter. I, I do think I was the guy that pushed you over the edge eventually. You think so? Yes, of course. All right, well, I'll give you the credit then. It's thanks to you that I'm on Twitter. Uh, the real Dvorak is the name. doesn't feel the same anymore. It's not, oh, okay, it's not well, forget for it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know you're oversensitive. People don't realize that about you. <laughs> All right, John. Hey, I'll, uh, we should see if we can uh, hook up for dinner. Maybe uh, Thursday night, maybe? Thursday night would probably be good. Okay. Then I'll have been in town for a couple of days, so I won't be so uh, knackered. Okay. All right. Okay, and for uh, all the rest of you, um, I'm Adam Curry here in the United Kingdom in the Curry Manor. And I'm John C. Dvorak. Catch me dvorak.org slash blog. Thought I'd throw that in. And I'm up here in sunny Northern California. I'm going to go shopping at the farmer's market. And we'll talk to you again next week right here on No Agenda. No Agenda.